Happy Monday, Pack fans. It's Monday, and that can only mean one thing. Pack Center. Pack Center is live and ready to go. It is your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. Today is a little bit of a quiet episode. We don't have football to recap, but we do have some other sports to talk about as well. We'll be covering some football news coming before the game on Saturday, some soccer news, volleyball, men's golf, men's tennis, and then just a quick touch on women's tennis, women's golf, and swimming and diving. Please stick around. And we're back. We're ready to rock and roll. Some foot. Let's talk about football. Let's get started on that. Let's get the juices flowing because there's some big news. I there mean, some big news that just broke an hour or two before we started recording this. And I'm sure a lot of people already know what we are talking about, but we're going to talk about it anyways because I want to give you my thoughts, and Tyler wants to give you his thoughts. And Malik Henry, former four-star at Florida State former Last Chance U, and now walk-on to Nevada is getting his shot that we thought he was always going to get. And about, we wanted time. him, yep. and we wanted him to get. Because Carson is our future. Christian Solano has his own talents. He's a very good quarterback in his own right. But I think everyone is with me in saying that Malik Henry has the potential, not right now, but has the potential of being one of the most skilled quarterbacks that we've seen in Nevada. I think so, yeah. I mean... His dual threat ability is up there with, you know, some of the greats that we've had. I hate throwing it around. I hate throwing the GOAT Kaepernick's name around. That's why I didn't say his name. That's why I kind of kept it on the I hate throwing it around. But because, you know, Malik hasn't even played a game yet. No, Let's yeah. just stop getting ahead of ourselves. You can't, be, right? you can't put that pressure on him right now. Right. But he has the same characteristics. He can run the ball very well. He can throw the ball very well. He's a cannon for an arm. And it's kind of similar as what we saw with Cap. Uh, the starting quarterback under Chris Alt was injured. Cap had to go in, and then kind of just no one looked back. And he led us to, I mean, obviously that crazy upset against Boise State in 2010 and could have went on to have a very, very successful NFL career if he didn't get blackballed. But now it's Malik Henry. Yes. And that is going to be so exciting. Coach Norvell broke it in his press conference today. Uh, Carson will be backing him up. Carson, they said that he's still not 100% healthy from that Oregon game, and he's still getting... Um, you know, looked at, and he's still, you know, kind of has some bumps and bruises. Let's just straight up. Do you believe that? Um, I'm. I don't. I don't really buy into it because, as watching the Oregon game, it's not like he was on the ground a, a super a lot, and right. then a lot of times it was more he was knocked down a couple of times, but it was nothing that's you know that's unusual for an or a uh, college game. So it's. It's kind of weird to hear these reports. It must. It might have been like an injury at practice. They might be trying to hide um, or something, but I don't think it was from that Oregon game at all. I think Coach is just trying to make the blow a little easier on Carson by giving us these updates for sure. I agree. I, I don't think – I mean, Chris Murray said he's not hurt, but he's definitely injured. I don't know if he got that mixed up because injury is worse than being hurt. Yeah. So he might – I mean, he said he has an injury – um, so he might have an injury, but I mean, he's going to be backing up Malik and then Christian Solano will be there in, uh, if need be, but this is Malik's first FBS action. I know he was such a highly recruited player going into Florida state, but he never saw time. He never played, uh, played it down. And then obviously last chance you independence, uh, community college, he, he got playing time obviously, but this is his first FBS action. 
and I'm excited for it. I'm ready to watch him um, just to see what he can do. I'm That's what I've been itching for. We kind of saw what he could do against UTEP. We saw more of his abilities against the Silver and Blue scrimmage. But now we're actually going to be able to see him play against a fellow Mountain West school. Coach was asked if it was difficult to go with Malik. If the, the you know the the uh, choice to go with Malik was difficult, and he shot that down instantly. He said, "No way." He said, "Not difficult at all." But it's interesting is that is he just saying that because of what the team is looking like now, or I'm just I'm just confused on why it, one it took so long because if he does well, at, you know the narrative now is going to be well why did it take so long to put him in? Yeah, and. What changed from last week of him going... They were so hesitant on putting him out there to now it's... Yeah, that was going to be my point as well as... We heard him last week, literally Mm -hmm. a week ago in the same press conference. A week ago. That he didn't want Malik... He didn't feel like Malik was ready with the off the field stuff. Like checking all the boxes, basically. Yes, Yes. yeah. And a lot of the other stuff that he touched on as well in that press conference. But then again, you come around this week and say it was kind of a no-brainer. It kind of sends mixed signals mm-hmm. to a lot of people, and I know some people are talking about that on Twitter and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's really just kind of an interesting scenario here um, where you have Coach Norvell kind of going in two different circles right now. Right, right. And then, obviously, um, we have a new offensive lineman in at left tackle. So Malik's ability to run the ball is going to be very, very – it's going to be on display. Because he's going to get rushed. He's going to have a lot of pressure in his face. So he's going to have to he's gonna have to run the ball. He's going to have to make plays happen. And I think he's the best person to do that out of the three. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And, I mean, I'm excited. How excited are you to be able to finally see Malik on Saturday? And we'll be able to break down the entire preview on Friday. But I just want to touch on now that the reports are coming out that Malik's the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. You know, we've been asking for this all year and— you know, just to get a taste, maybe not have him be the starter, but have him run in right. three, four drives if it's a blowout game or something. Just give Pack fans a, a taste of what Malik can do. And I think they're getting it all in even more with him starting on Saturday. So it's going to be a real big test. Uh, we do play San Jose State, not usually the best Mountain West school. Yeah. Um, but they are looking decent this year. So it's going to be definitely, yeah, definitely going to be a test. But yeah, well, that'll be definitely coming out on Friday. But yeah, I'm super excited to see Malik see what he can showcase, and see if um, he can just lead us to a win on Saturday. You know, this might just be a case of Coach Norvell was last week saying, you know, he might have been telling the truth. Like, yeah, he hasn't marked off all the boxes on the off-the-field stuff. But now it just might be to the point where we don't have a choice. Yeah. We really do not have a choice. And it's not like the season is shot. We're 3-2 we're, we're right now. Yeah. Like there's everyone's, been a, there's everyone, been a lot of negative comments. Right. Everyone's acting like the sky is winning. We still have a winning record here, guys. Right. And the, the Hawaii game, trust me, was not good. I know that. It was. I mean, we both saw the game. It was one of the most horrific games I've ever watched as a Pac fan. But it's not like the sky is falling here. We're 3-2. and two. We still have an easy shot at the bowl game, depending on what happens on Saturday. You know, I don't think we're in the worst position as a football team. But one thing that Coach Norvell kept insisting on, it seemed like almost every answer kept going back to this, is how him trying to adjust to new age players. Mm -hmm. He kept trying to, it seemed like he's having, I mean, as someone that was just watching the press conference, it seems like he's having a rough time trying to, like, corral these players. And he he specifically said his style is not working. They changed a lot of stuff up at practice. They did a whole new like training regimen today for conditioning. 
He specifically said you can't be a 20th century coach in this 21st century era of social media, all the backlash. I mean, players literally hearing all over the Twitter, all over Instagram of, you know, what they're doing wrong constantly. And he specifically said the players are soft, which was crazy a little That's bit. That's a, yeah. I mean. To hear that from a coach, he, he literally was like, yeah, we have some, we have a soft team. I mean, it could be a wake up kind of tactic that, they, that he's using as well. You know, the players hear that. And they kind of get pissed off, which they should be pissed off right. uh, after hearing that from your head coach. Yes. Um, but we've seen it. Coaches have done that before after bad losses, calling their team and players soft, not ready, undisciplined, all that good stuff. But hopefully it's just kind of a jab at them to get them going a little bit. Um, I don't think that, you know, with the grit that we have on this team that we've seen in some weeks, I don't think the team is necessarily soft. But obviously we aren't in the behind the scenes and right. seeing that day to day. But, yeah, it's really interesting to hear him talk about that and how this has kind of become like a new thing for him in terms of the last couple of years where he's really hadn't had a problem with it. Now it's becoming an issue. So maybe it is good that he's switching a couple of things up at practice I and training so. regimens and stuff like that. And I think the team itself could use a kind of a break from a – uh, not so good, not so bad cycle that it's been in. Yeah, I, I mean it's not like we're zero and five and they have to throw away the whole offensive playbook. Yeah. They have to, you know, he and Coach Norvell should maybe start playing, uh, calling plays. It's not like that, but I do think that he has to switch some stuff around because obviously Hawaii exploited a lot of our weaknesses and Hawaii came in there. They they wanted to beat us. They lost two years prior or two years in a row and they wanted to come in here and beat us. And um, I mean they definitely did. And I think. Coach is kind of waking up now, and he's like, "All right, yep, we gotta do something different. We gotta, we gotta run these kids more. We gotta make them tougher." But he also talked about Toa, and he said he's telling Toa for ev- like every night this week just to get in bed early, rest because he's gonna be a workhorse on Saturday, which is music to our ears. We've been calling that since week one. Yep. I mean, last week was the first week he even came close to like around twenty touches. He got seventeen. I'm excited that he's gonna be getting a lot of work, and he also said that Devonte Lee's back. To 100%. That's an exciting. It, I mean, if he is true, yeah, it is exciting. But if he's a, a truly at 100%, I'd be really surprised because he's so back so early. But I mean, he, he's saying that he's 100%. So I'm excited to see Devontae Lee and Toa and um, Kelton Moore kind of run that backfield and see how they, them three can do. But this game has a lot of implications because the season isn't a total wash right now. But once you lose to San Jose State, all things kind of go out the window. Why you keep playing football anymore at that point? <laughs> oh my. Oh, but I think maybe not that extreme, right, right. obviously. But yeah, but I think I, I mean, agree. Yeah, San Jose State has gotten a lot better, and their quarterback, which we'll touch on 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 Friday's episode, loves an animal. He's a stud. So things could happen, and it's. But we are at Mackey. It is San Jose State. I mean, past what three years they've won like four games, but three of them have been this year. So. The team's better. It's just once you lose to a team like this, now the sky is falling. And Pac fans have a reason to be, you know, upset at yeah. the whole entire situation. It gets a little tougher to kind of support this team when right. they're losing to a team that's in the past been debatably the yeah. the worst team and almost being kicked out of the conference if we yeah. need to drop a team. Literally, like the, the talks out of last season was like we might have to drop yeah. this school because they are so bad. But, I mean, they're doing better this year, so we have to give credit where they're due. And the entire breakdown will be on Friday, guys. Make sure you stick around and listen to that one. But there was a little bit of a uh, mess-up on our end this week. There was. There was, There was a big one. (laughs) Yes. We forgot to do Pac Player of the Week yesterday. That is me and Tyler's apology. We both forgot. 
But next week, we'll be live and going again. We will. In our excuse, we were traveling yesterday. Yeah, we, it was a travel day. We it were was little, kind of del- delirious a little bit. Plane yeah. was delayed. There was a kind of, you know, it whatever. Was, it was a long day yesterday. But yeah, we do apologize for that. Um, there would have been a couple good nominees as well Dude. this week. I think it would have been a good week to do it. It would have been it. a great week to do to it. see. Unfortunately, we just spaced it. Speaking of candidates that probably would have been on the list, can we talk about Kelly Robbins for volleyball? Can we just talk about volleyball in general? I mean, I don't know what... I mean, we sound like a broken record. I always say it every week, but we sound like a broken record, but they're this they're this good. Well, we have to sound like a broken record when they're arguably the best team on campus right now. Volleyball's a 13 and 3. They're tied with the 2001 team. And now we're getting into a conversation. We'll recap the games that happened this week, but now I want to talk about the overarching view. We have to start talking about NCAA tournament berth. We get one team I mean, we could get more, but usually we have one team as yeah. a, as Mountain West. It's kind of hard it, to get an at-large bid when you're a smaller school like Exactly, that. especially in a smaller tournament like um, the NCAA Championships for Volleyball. Like, the, the dance is kind of different. You have 64 teams. You have a, a way bigger field. I mean, everyone gets an, at least one bid. It's just way bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the chances for an at-large is way, way more likely. But, I mean, if we somehow... Split with Colorado State, who's currently ranked sixth team in the country, and we keep running the Mountain West. I mean, there's a possibility that we get into the NCAA tournament because of how good this team is, and that it should be very exciting for Pac fans. I mean, I don't know what else they need to pr- like. What else the team needs to prove to the fans for them to get out there? I mean, I don't think it's a lot at this right. point. I think if we do take a game from Colorado State, that's going to be kind of the thing where we're like, all right, we're really darn good right and i mean this team has already proven that they're very very good you know they're three and one right now in mountain west play second place behind colorado second state. place behind yeah behind colorado state they're just going crazy right now yeah. and we were watching a couple of the games this past weekend and they just look like they're clicking right now and it's Dumb. it looks like an unstoppable force when everyone really is playing well again yeah. you might have a player that's having a bad a bad game a bad set um, but for the most part, this team is clicking on all cylinders right now, and I think they really understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, and you can see that watching them play. You know, where the sets are going, who's a better outside hitter in this position or in this position. Um, our liberos are actually playing out of their minds mm-hmm. after uh, we had that tough game a couple weeks ago against, against Fresno State. Fresno State. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're playing amazing, and, um, you know, so this team is really on the up and up, and it's very impressive and fun to watch. Right, yeah. I, I did a little bit of research today. Uh, the 2002 volleyball team. We got we to gotta bring it all the way back to the whack. The good old whack. The good old whack when the pack was in the Western Athletic Conference. That team went 18-3 and three before losing four straight. They posted an 8-5 and five record in the good old whack. And, but now we currently sit in second place. Behind, like I said, ranked 16th in the country, Colorado State. Colorado State has one loss in the entire year, by the way. Like they're yeah, no, they're for real. Like they not only dominated the non-conference like we did, but like they haven't lost in conference. Like they're just insanely good. So we'll be able to track that all year and see how close we can come to that NCAA berth. Um, but it's not going to be easy. But I would think this team is starting to look at it, though. You have to start looking at, you know, what we can actually do at the end of the year. But taking a look at this week, this past weekend of games, uh, Kelly Robbins, I mean, absolutely killed it this week. She was named Wolfpack Student Athlete of the Week after her performance in the two road victories 
on the road at Boise State and on the road at Utah State. The Pack took the win 3-1 to one over the Broncos before sweeping Utah State 3-0. I think Utah State's only won like one game this season. Yeah, I don't season. think they're that good right. this year. Hey, but we swept them though, so yeah. I mean, we, we did what we were supposed to exactly. do. Definitely. And then Boise, who's not a pushover team at all, who's consecutively one of the best Mountain West um, schools like overall, it, we beat them three games to one. So it wasn't, although we didn't sweep, it wasn't really close. And then against Utah State, Kayla Foa, again, having playing out of her mind, recorded her 10th double-double of the season with 16 kills and a team-high 19 digs. She recorded a .29 hitting percentage going 22 of 47 with an average of 3.67 kills per set. Killy had a career match against Boise State, notching 18 kills with only six errors, leading with a team-high hitting percentage of .353. Robbins was also in on two blocks in the match. Against Utah State, she tallied four kills to help the Wolfpack to a .293 team hitting percentage. I mean, you can't really hope for better numbers than those. I mean, they are absolutely killing it. But looking ahead, Nevada will now play host to four teams straight. So there's plenty of opportunities to get out to Virginia Street Gym and support this team, starting with San Jose State on Tuesday, tomorrow, October 8th at 6 p.m. Following the match with the Spartans, the PAC Welcome Air Force for the first time this season on Thursday, October 10th at 6 p.m. So Tuesday and Thursday, get out. We'll be able to recap those games on Friday for you guys. Like we said, this team can legitly compete to go to the NCAA tournament, and you guys will be able to see them play a lot this week, and then following this week, they have two more home games before hitting the road again. So get out Tuesday, 6 p.m., and Thursday, 6 p.m., both at Virginia Street Gym as they take on the Spartans and Air Force. And I think we're all done with volleyball. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely killed it this weekend, and they're looking to keep that going later this week. Yeah, I mean, short and sweet like volleyball did to both their opponents this weekend. Swept them, yeah. Some easy work. And then soccer, who we saw an uptick before this weekend and then um, lost their games this week. Yeah, they lo- they did well before this weekend, and they lost both their games this week. But they're two and nine, and then one and three in conference. It could be worse. It could be zero and eleven, and one and zero and four. So we got to just you know keep supporting and see see how they can do. On Friday night, uh, Nevada dropped its Mountain West showdown at New Mexico, three to one. Sophomore Casey Crawford scored her first collegiate goal. So shout out to Casey that ended the shutout by New Mexico. They just couldn't put it behind them anymore. Nevada totaled 11 shots on the night with five on goal. Five of the pack shots came from freshman Gabby Brown, who I think is leading the the country in shots, which is pretty good. I mean, if we can just make a little bit more, that'd be good. But I mean, it's good that they're leading in something. It's we got to give yeah, it's something to go off of credit where credits due. Uh, Crawford's goal was the her lone shot of the night. Then then the Wolfpack suffered a road loss on Sunday afternoon at San Diego State. This one was a little brutal. Score four to one. Uh, the only goal we scored, though, was by freshman Leslie Gonzalez, who uh, that was her first collegiate goal as well. That was scored in the second half of the game. The match was a close 1-0 contest after the first half, but the Aztecs struck quickly in the second half to eventually go to 4-1. to uh, Nevada will be back home, though, uh, next Friday versus Colorado College at 6.30 and Sunday versus Air Force at 1.00 both being at Mackey Stadium. Sunday's contest against the Falcons will be honoring the PAC support of, uh, they do the PAC versus cancer. 
So that game will be on Sunday, which will which is always cool to see the uh, proceeds going to a good cause. But Kendall Stovall continues to be a bright spot, even though she let in um, seven goals this weekend. She still is probably the brighter spot of this team, honestly. Uh, she tallied four saves in the game against San Diego State. She now boasts 62 saves on the season. So she, I think she is uh, third or fourth place in the Mountain West for saves. She's looking really good. The team itself isn't looking so good. Um, I mean, the offense is what is what's killing us, and we continue to say that every week. But um, they're not going to win if they can't put goals in the back of the net. Yeah, so. it's, it's it's tough when um, yeah your offense isn't scoring goals, and mm-hmm. especially for Kendall, her being back there doing her best, obviously, just and, not helping out the defense. Yeah, and it's it's tough when your team's kind of struggling like this. But yeah, there are some bright spots. We have some other. You know, freshmen scoring goals, which mm-hmm. is always a good thing to see. Um, you know, getting that experience and getting the first one under your belt is always a big thing, uh, especially in soccer. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it could be a lot worse. We could be really bad. Yeah. Um, but we're only, you know, not doing so hot. Right. So, yeah. Um, definitely got some games co- coming this weekend that they could turn it around at um, at home. So that's always a big boost. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they finish the season out if they can get some more freshmen on the field, scoring some more goals, and having um, some other people step up as well beside of Gabby Brown. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of room to grow when you have freshmen that are doing so well, especially, and then you have a young defense as well. I mean, there's just a lot of room to grow with this team. So it might not be this year, but we have faith that they'll be able to turn it around. Let's touch on some men's golf because we didn't have anything going on last week. Mm-hmm. But men's golf has um, the Alistair McKenzie Invitational today and tomorrow at the Meadow Club in Fairfax, California. We'll be able to recap both of those rounds on Friday, but do you have the uh, score for the rounds currently? Yes. Out of the 16-team field, we are currently tied for 12th in a, as a team score of two under. Okay. Not too bad. Uh, leading the charge for the boys is Tony Gill Sr. He is in a top 40 situation. Um, then we have Sam Meek, who is one under. Tony Gill was two under. Trey Davis is uh, carding in a score of one under. Sam Horn, two over. And then Mitchell Abbott, uh, struggling a little bit today. He's eight over par. So right now, the boys aren't looking so hot. They still have a couple holes to play. But yeah, not looking too great. But we are playing some very good um, other golfing schools. San Diego State and San Jose State are tied uh, at seventh place as a team. Then you have Boise State coming in at fourth. Um, so those are the Mountain West teams ahead of us. I think we are still, yes, we are still beating Fresno State and Hawaii as a team. But, yeah, not looking too hot for the boys currently. Um, this is a, I believe, 56-hole tournament, if I'm not mistaken. So they have a lot of ground that they can make up. But, yeah, so far, not so hot. Not the kind of start we're used to seeing from uh, the golf boys. Yeah, a little uncharacteristic, I was going to say. Um, we've seen them do so incredibly well this year. But like we, like you said, they have s- still some holes to finish up today and then the entire day tomorrow to kind of catch up and see what we can do. Maybe we can not finish first as a team in the entire field, but maybe inch up and get first in the Mountain West. That would be cool, especially because we're playing uh, some other Mountain West teams. But speaking of Sam Harn... He had a pretty good honor. Yeah. he. I mean, Mountain West Golfer of the Month. So out of the entire Mountain West, Sam Harn won that award. Um, I mean, rightly so. In Nevada's three events and seven rounds played, Harn averaged 70.2 strokes per round and collected two top five finishes, including uh, the win at the Badger Invitational. His solid play 
in the month helped the Wolfpack to a fifth-place finish at the Badger Invitational and a third-place showing at the Husky Invitational. So, I mean, Sam Hard, um, definitely worthy of that Mountain West Golfer of the Month award after what he was able to do um, previously and before this uh, Alistair McKenzie Invitational. We'll be able to recap both rounds on Friday's episode. And then some men's tennis, senior Julian Evard is set to compete in the ITA All-American Championships. And I get this is a pretty big deal. I didn't know this until obviously doing research about it. We're not the biggest tennis uh, gurus. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, it starts today at the University of Tulsa. The event will feature some of the top players in collegiate tennis from around the country. Evard became the first player in Wolfpack history to ever go play in the Oracle ITA National Fall Champions Championships, and it look and is looking to represent the pack this season at the ITA All American Championships. So Evard's kind of like a stud, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to all these um, championships and's a first pack player. I mean, so we'll be able to touch on how he's um, able to do on Friday, but I mean, it's a pretty good sign that he is going to the um, All-American Championships in the UC Davis Invitational last weekend. Evard advanced to the A singles final and posted a 3-1 record. Evard's 13 single wins last season tied for the team high. He is a two-time All-Mountain West selection in singles and doubles. So Julian Evard definitely, I mean, I don't know, since they've been out for so long, he probably wouldn't have been a candidate for Pack Player of the Week, but um, depending on what he does today... He definitely is making a running uh, to be Pack Player of the Week next week because he's you know doing so well. Definitely going to have to keep an eye on him yeah. as the season goes along, and then also into the spring season where they uh, men's and women's tennis both play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's someone to definitely look out for um, that we need to keep an eye on, and yeah. other Pack fans as well should keep an eye on for sure. Definitely. And then last but not least, we got swimming and diving who we haven't really touched on much, but um, they will. They have their Mountain West debut October 11th, which is Friday at the Little Brothers Down South, UNLV. Um, we will be able to recap this next Monday because they obviously play on Friday when we record, but we'll be able to touch on that on Monday and see how they do. Serena Diving obviously has been one of the top programs at the school, so we should probably be able to handle um, the Little Brothers Down South pretty easily, I would hope. I would think so. And then... Women's tennis is off till October 23rd, and women's golf is off till October 14th. So I think that wraps it up for today. A short episode, but, um, you know, giving a little updates on all the sports. Got to put the information out there for the people. Definitely. And we will be able to preview San Jose State's game on Friday for football. Thanks for giving us your guys' time, and go Pack.